What up, this is your boy DJ EFN. You might know me as a drink champ, but first and foremost, I'm a proud father. I linked up with two of my other dad homies, Manny Digital and KGB, to start the Fatherhoods podcast. Each week, we bring you insider hip-hop stories, parenting, and advice and therapy. The saying is true, it takes a village, and we humorously serve as each other's trusted counsel in figuring out how not to screw up being a good dad. The Fatherhood Podcast. Fatherhood Podcast. Beats, Beats, rhymes, rhymes, and diapers. Yes. All right. So you've definitely seen this man with his entourage. Our LA listeners know his uncle, Fat Sal. If you see him on the East Coast, he's up and down the sidelines with Spike Lee repping that orange and blue. Welcome to the Fatherhood's actor, hoops fiend, restaurant owner, and expectant father of his second child. Mr. Jerry Ferrara. Man, I, I hope I could live up to all that hype right there. Oh, that's um, not that's not hype. These, <laughs> these, this is these are facts. <laughs> they are facts. That's actually my bio right there. Uh, you hit everything that's happened in the last five years. The pen game was strong on that one, Manny. Thank you. I, I had to run it by my <laughs> wife too. I was like, "Yo, is this too long? I don't want to like cornball this shit." But <laughs> <laughs> it was perfect. Jerry, man, thank you for uh, for accommodating our schedule uh, with all the shit you got going on. So uh, I, I know I know things are kind of in in a, in flux with all the different variables in your life. So why don't you, I guess, give us a quick, you know, download on where things are in your family life and all the things impacting that right now. So family life, uh, and it's, it's great, obviously. Like my, my first son is now, uh, just shy of two years. He turns two on May 5th. So, and, uh, he's really starting to get to the place now where communication starting to happen. I used to feel his frustration where he's like, man, oh man, you're not understanding what I'm saying. And now we're starting to like, oh, okay. The words, his vocabulary is doubling every week. So, uh, that's cool. Um, I'm not going to lie. This, this, there, there is a sort of quarantine baby that, that happened. My wife is seven and a half months pregnant. I mean, obviously we were going to try for a second child. That was always part of the plan. We just weren't like even thinking along those lines just yet. You know, we were yeah. just still getting used to our new world with one and a uh, couple of other things like, you know, I'm now like New York based. We got a little spot out in Ohio where my wife's from, and her, she has a big family, first grandkid for them. So uh, wow. we kind of been doing the back and forth while we were all on pause for a year. And now, uh, yeah, so uh, that's family life. And, and family life is good, man. It's just very different. It's very different. And, and you're expecting your, your next child, your, your next son, right around the same time that you're celebrating your first son's birthday. Yeah. I, I Listen, I, I don't know anyone with like, brother or sister sibling combo that has like dual birthdays but it's in play you know may 3rd's the due date on baby number two jacob's birthday is may 5th so it's it's in play and apparently i can't go near my wife in the month of august like (laughs) not even gonna i'm not even gonna tell her she looks nice i'm not even gonna say a word to her in august you got to make I sure you move out for the month of august you might have to get casted for some big ass flick or something where you're out for the month like you can't. Could I have nine mess. kids if I talk to her in the month of August? <laughs> so I I know before you guys had Jacob, you you guys were trying, I guess, or or you had uh, a a pregnancy, but yes. but you guys lost it, correct? 
Yes, correct. Um, you know, just right after marriage, it was something that we obviously were excited to do. And, uh, that process of getting, getting pregnant, you know, it was a little bit of a journey for us and then it happened. And then, yeah, about six weeks in, right. When you're waiting to get that heartbeat, you know, there was never a heartbeat. So, uh, I definitely learned a lot in that experience too, of just how obviously I know the experience for women is different, but even, and my wife was very open about it. She didn't, she didn't want it to be something like, uh, like, you know, like a scar that she couldn't share. So she was talking about on Instagram and reaching out to other people who've been through it. And now people do that with her Mm. and been reaching out to her. I also learned like even process where she's technically no longer pregnant, but she has all those hormones like she is. So, you know, it just was a huge adjustment, but she handled it like unbelievably. And then, um, yeah, we got right back on the horse. And fortunately, uh, second time around was, uh, you know, it was good. And, uh, and Jacob came, but yeah, it was, it was, that was some tough times for sure. Hey, coming from the entertainment world, how has being a father kind of shifted your mentality or shifted your, your lifestyle? Oh man, that's a great question because, and I like to think that I've been pretty good at staying, you know, just down to earth, you know, because I also like know that I've overachieved already. And at any point, the bouncer is going to come over and shine a light on me and kick me out of the club. So right. like, I've heard I'm you grateful for my position, but I've heard you ahead. say I've heard you say this in the context of where you, you know, your your seats at at the garden. Same thing, man. Like I should not be there. Full. I know I shouldn't be there. And every time I leave that game, it's like when the plane lands. You're like, whew, thank God. Okay, we made it. We made it. Another game. But uh, to your point, you know, and like the entertainment business, especially with acting, and especially when you're working as an actor, which is not always the case for me. Uh, you know, it's kind of all about you. Now you could either be a, a excuse my language, you could yeah, be a dick about that, or just be cool. I've always tried to be cool because again, blessed position. But you know, then you having a kid is the ultimate like selfless act, right? So just kind of reprioritizing the hey, I just worked for seven months straight on power. Now I got like three, four months where I could do whatever I want. You know, I could go travel. I could do nothing. I could try and get another job right away. The kid, def- there's no more of that. Like, hey, I could go do whatever I want days. Those days are long gone. And I wouldn't have it any other way because I, I did that for a while. And that was fun. But this is way better. Does, does it create more of a challenge for you as far as like getting back into work? It, it, it's, a, it's a weird thing, right? So technically, like my son doesn't know me as a working father, right? right. If you kind of play it out and semi spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't watched power, but you know, my, my run on that show ends like February, 2019. Then two, three months after that, he's born in May. And I, you know, I didn't really, I, I didn't, a good job. Didn't really come on, come along. I passed on one thing cause I wanted to be around him. And then, you know, that next February, March kicks off COVID hits. So that's basically been a year now things are starting to shoot again. But yeah, for as far as my son's concerned, I'm just the dude that's always there. <laughs> yeah. And usually that's not the case. I'm I'm usually somewhere at work and I find jobs. So, so right now I'm I'm actually starting a movie in July, which is good because I'll get a couple of months with the newborn. But like, yeah, it's gonna be the first time I, I like that that dude Jacob's not gonna know me as the guy that's always around making breakfast and down to go for a walk at any time during the day. Yeah. So uh I'm curious to see how that's gonna go. And I'm gonna be a mess too, man. Like I don't I 
he's become my best friend. That's going to be a mess. I'm going to be a mess. Yeah. So when you go to shoot in July, be something where you have to be away from home for X amount of time or, or can you come back and forth or is that going to, how's that work for you? You know, I'm trying to figure that out. So the whole entire movie I think will be done in about six weeks. Okay. So it's different when it's like a show, yeah. whenever it's like a TV show, I'm always like aware because then you're essentially moving there. That's what brought me back to New York from LA was power, you know? Um, so with this, it's, it's about six weeks, I think, in Atlanta. And I don't know how if, about the back and forth. It depends if we're still doing the like quarantining when we right, get there. Right, right now, I think everybody, it's either five days or seven days when you get to set, everyone has to quarantine. So if you tack that on yeah. to the travel, I, I, then I don't know. It's going to be a little tough. I'm hoping God, for many reasons that things in july are better not just selfishly for that but for many other reasons yeah the travel the travel is tough especially you know as you said like your son is getting older you're starting to have that communication factor going and you having that bond and then when they get a little bit older then they actually start to realize oh wait you're you're going out of the house you're not going to be home that becomes that becomes hard to deal with because then it's you know, it just makes you feel even worse when they're upset that you're leaving. <laughs> yeah, leaving. I don't, I, I don't know how I, yeah, I, you know, he does that a little bit now when like you run to the store or yeah. occasional times I actually do leave the house. Like every now and then he'll look, but he, he knows like, oh, that old man will be back. Right. right? But it, it is, I, did I have to go somewhere for a couple? I think I drove, I had to drive somewhere for like two or three days, like for like three or four days. I'm like, is he going to forget? everything but no like he, he probably didn't remember i was gone i came back and he's like oh all right let me let me let me let me punch you in the in the groin make sure he's still, <laughs> he's, still he's got dead aim with that already that's that's his uh his greeting it's like uh, whole ass. he just gets all wild and like it's like i'm not a tall dude so it's not really a, a tough shot for him but uh yeah i i remember i used to fly all over the world for for work and um mm-hmm. And so I, so I have three kids. I've got a 14-year-old daughter, I've got a 7-year-old son, and I've got a 5-year-old daughter. And so oh, man. the biggest chunk of my travel happened while my you know with my 14-year-old. And so I remember I think she was probably like 6. She was like in first grade and her teacher noticed something about when I would leave like her demeanor would change, right? And her teacher came up with like this like this thing right where she was like give and i guess a lot of parents were traveling also at the school so like it, it became a common theme in the classroom so she gave the kid like every kid had a turn and so when mm-hmm. their parent was away they would get like this this doll right oh, okay like a stuffed That's animal and the stuffed animal i was supposed to take with me and then take pictures where i was at right with the stuffed animal so I would come to New York a lot. I'll go, you know, Israel. I'll be all over. And I'd have this thing with me and I'd be shooting, you know, taking pictures and sending it back. And so, yo, that was, it was, it felt stupid. But I immediately, when I understood like what the psychology behind it was, I was like, oh, this is dope. So I'd be acting a fool. I'd be in New York, Times Square, like thing on my on my shoulder, you know, <laughs> everywhere. Like wherever you see like the scenic sightsee sort of pictures. And I would fire them back and my wife would show them to her and she'd be super geek. She'd be like, oh my God, this is great. Oh, and like that created like a, a bond when there weren't opportunities for us to talk. Right. And so I found that like, hopefully you That's don't have idea. that. 
yeah, it's it was dope. And, and I was like, oh, shit, okay, this could be something. But I did notice those times that I wasn't able to do that because that was a little later. So she was six, right? So before that, there w- I got her accustomed to not having me around. And so when you're around for an extended period, right, that weighs on you because it's like, oh, man, like they don't need me. It's kind of how you feel. And And it's all mommy, mommy. So to a point, you're like, fuck man i'm like i'm just the guy who provides or it can be the handyman or whatever like the love aspect i gotta work for so i hope See, that's not your case but that's how no, it's, it's I'm, gone down. i'm screwed because and this is a good thing but you know because for like the last three months obviously as my wife's gotten bigger right like bedtime's become hard for her like bath time like she can't be down on the floor with her belly mm-hmm. and like reaching over the crib and stuff like that she's not right. very tall either so like i i just took over bedtimes so i i literally have done bedtime like every night almost maybe 99 percent of the nights for like the last three months wow so like now the few times even that my wife goes up to do it he's kind of like he's cool with it obviously that's mommy but he's like he he definitely feels a difference and is a little more resistant so like i'm even thinking about thinking about that uh mm. do you guys feel like though because of how great now like facetime is and zoom and all that that it's like a tiny bit easier to travel with kids not saying that it's easy but easier because you get that face to face it is um but then there's i'd say it it is a short answer yes but then there's also times where um especially like the first couple days uh, you get on FaceTime and they see you and you see them, it almost makes them more upset. Right. Uh, yeah. And, and this used to happen to my wife used to travel quite a lot when, when my son was younger and she'd be overseas. And so there might be a, a couple of days where we don't do that and kind of let him settle into it because seeing her would just upset him even more. Right. Um, And then there's also like, I guess just with anything, depending on the, like the time difference of where you're at or when they call and you're in the middle of work or doing something. And, and so it's just trying to find that, that balance where you're not feeling stressed out. Like, Oh, you know, I haven't seen my kid all day, but I'm in the middle of this meeting or whatever the hell you're doing. Um, and then, so yeah, you know, striking the balance there with it. Yeah, like to kind of close out on the entertainment business stuff too. Whereas, like five six years ago, if I got that call for that movie, I'd be like hoping it's in like Iceland, right? Or like, yeah, like, so, let's go somewhere dope. Now right. I'm kind of like, wait, where? Where? Oh, Atlanta. Okay, same time zone, two hour flight, July. <laughs> right. That's let's go. It's yeah. local, like pretty much local. Like, yeah, because right. I was afraid of like, oh yeah, it's in uh, you know Hawaii, which sounds great, and it is, but it is. man, I can't be that far away. Right. I, I tell you, so we we uh, Cipher Sounds joins us all the time um, on the podcast. He's he's almost like the fourth member of the tribe over here, and he said something last time we had him on that I thought was really cool. That might be useful for you. So, the, on the FaceTime tip, he he loves that because when he's on the road doing his comedy stuff or music mm-hmm. stuff, like it's it's really the only way for him to really have that connection with his kids. And what he did or what he does is he kind of conditions them even when they're in the same space to know, like familiarize themselves with him on a screen so that they can kind of make the connection and it's not as rare or right. different. Like, where is he? Like, right. yeah. 
So that's great. Yeah, that's why I'm taking all these notes. Uh, <laughs> about to about to find out soon, man. <laughs> so I, I want to jump back. I do real think qu- it's gonna be odd. Okay, 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 okay. Oh yeah, yeah. No, sorry. I'm just I was just gonna to close this out. I, I was gonna say it's it's gonna be a little odd when whenever things start to pick up or there's more traveling or because even I guess the conditioning of it, right? Like in my house, we're, we're so used to all being home and being around each other 24 seven that even, even there are times where if I'm working late or if I'm, if I've got things that are taking up more of just my attention, even though we're physically, he can walk in the same room and physically see me. Um, you know, that still can be like distressing to them because I don't, the attention's not yeah, there. So then, sure. so it's like the more time you have, the more time they're used to you being there. And then you start traveling again or doing whatever, then I don't, you know, who knows what that kind of causes. And, and you add COVID to the mix, like the intensity in which you're around yeah. each other is so much now, like to wean away from that or, or to make it a, a really abrupt split right yeah. into a different reality it's it's going to be trying but i think we're all going to face it in some way shape or yeah form. of course yeah. like good problems to have but ultimately i'm just curious to see how it's going to go yeah uh check in with us once you once you fly down there <laughs> <laughs> we'd love to hear <laughs> i'm gonna call in crying yeah. this is terrible man <laughs> Or I'll be like, yo, this is great. This is awesome. This is great. I like it. <laughs> He's chilling. Great. I'm good. Everything's nice. <laughs> I wanted to hop back real quick. Um, uh, when you guys lost your, your first child, mm-hmm. um, you mentioned the strength of your wife, right? And so I, I think that's a, under the circumstances, terrible situation, but it's a great way, I think, to bounce back and like really process what took place, right? Because, you know, I, I kind of went through something like that in a past relationship, and I feel like the way I handled it was me as a guy, right? The way I handled it was I kind of blocked out my own emotions, and I just, like, involved myself in her situation. And the way she handled it was very emotional. It wasn't, like, open. She was very close, and, and that's right. the way she decided to handle it. But I saw the after effects of that, right? And I and and I, I'm just curious, like you guys have are now on child number two, you know, all things considered, like everything should move smoothly. How do you see that aspect of how she was able to deal with that has affected her in motherhood and just in life? Like, how helpful was that? Um, yeah, man, it's like when it kind of at first had. We also kind. Of, I don't want to say made the mistake because I don't believe that this is mistakes, and I I come from like you know, New York Italian family who are very superstitious people. Right. Yeah. So it's always like, oh, no, no, don't tell nobody you guys are pregnant until the heartbeat, but I'm not like that. Like I was excited. Right. So I kind of, you know, I started, all right, I'm just gonna tell one person. I'm gonna tell two people. And then she did the same thing. And next thing you know, it's like, all right, we told like 35 people. <laughs> and you know, then that happens. Then you have like the realization and this is not the important part at all, but I'm just going off of like the talk I had with her. She brought this up of like, I guess that's kind of why you don't tell anyone because now you got to kind of walk it back, almost follow up and clue people in. Um, I did a little research about it after it happened too, and like really tried to like find out what was gonna like be going on with her. And like the thing that stuck out to me most is again just that whole even though like technically she's not pregnant, 
but her body is still doing the things preparing for birth. Like it's a process. It's not just like, oh, you had a miscarriage. So take a month off, go back. Like it's a process for real. Like she still has all those hormones going through her. So I was just trying to make sure I was very gentle. But for her, it really was talking about it. I think if she went into that, like, oh, you don't tell people you had a miscarriage. I think it would have been a lot harder for her to deal with it. Like talking about it on Instagram, talking about it with friends and then hearing back from so many other women who have been there and just not making her feel like there's something wrong with her. Mm. And that really helped. And now she's, we've had, unfortunately, some friends of ours who've gone through this and they call her and it's like this, this circle now that you kind of pay forward by telling your story a little bit, then people, it helps other people. I think that's really what got her through it. Um, obviously it was tough, but I do think that's what made her feel a li- like kind of ease her back in. And then, uh, we, and we got pregnant again pretty quickly after that. So that also, I think helped as well. Mm. Manny Mo. Oh, I thought you had something. Cause I was, I was, no, about to... I was just, I was just, <clears throat> sorry. Yeah. So, uh, um, <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> I can't tell because you hiding behind the microphones. I don't. <laughs> um, it's my so, pixelation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Jerry, um, you went through a. It feels dramatic as far as like you know body change, weight change, right? Um, I know from what I ra- read, like it was a progressive thing, but mm-hmm. you know you kind of see like the turtle, Jerry mm-hmm. Ferrara, and then Proctor, Jerry Ferrara. Uh, I know it happened before you were, ca- were you casted for power, but like, what what drove you to that? Because I'll give you kind of how I look at it, right? So, I think for me, health became a much more important thing for me to take seriously once I had kids, in particular, my last child. Mm-hmm. You didn't have any kids at the time, so was it the field, like the acting gigs, or what prompted it? No, I'll be completely honest, right? Like it, every, every time you kind of start a a new job, a new movie or a show, whatever, you have to take like this kind of, kind of bullshit physical. I mean, it's still a physical that a doctor gives you, but they just want to make, essentially they're checking to make sure you're not dying, right? Right. Like if you have a pulse and you could see straight and you could speak a couple of sentences, good, go make a movie. Like you're clear. So I went and I've done this a dozen times. So I went one year, I finally remember the job I was about to start, but I go take my physical and this doctor was like being real thorough with me, like more so than I've ever had. Like, cause I, you know, I, I, smoked a lot back then it was like oh yeah. also that was for real chest x-ray oh yeah you weren't acting uh, in I'm entourage like, no definitely not um <laughs> not as much anymore obviously life has changed right but uh this doctor wanted to order like a chest x-ray i'm like chest x-ray they supposed to tell me i'm i'm fine <laughs> and we had this talk and the, and and she kind of put it to me in a way that she didn't really try to scare me she just said look you're 30 years old or i was about to turn turn 30 i think and she said you know you're about five, seven in shoes. You're about 206 pounds. You know, like you're no, you're in no physical health danger at all. You're fine. Like you go make a movie. I'm gonna pass you. But I will say when you get older, when you get into your forties, it's going to be a lot harder to make these life changes. Maybe you'll have kids. Maybe you'll, it was just like a real talk and it kind of hit me and made sense to me. And I think I was also ready at that point to make a change. And, um, yeah, I started, you know, smoking a lot less and it started real small. Like at that time too, and I was, a, I played basketball, I played sports my whole life and I had gone 
a lot of craft service on, on the Aceta Entourage, you know, Krispy Kreme every morning sitting Man. right there. You know, I get two of those before it's 9 a.m. So I really tried to just do simple little things. And like I said, I didn't lose like 30. You hear about these stories. Oh, I lost 30 pounds in two months. And I lost like four pounds in the first month and then like four pounds the next. But and it was in an off season. So it rolled over after like three or four months. I'm like, I lost 20 pounds. And then, you know, you get like that one girl that kind of comes up to you. He's like, oh, hey, you, wow, you look good. You lose some weight. I'm like, oh, this shit's working. Yeah. And you put on a shirt you haven't worn in five years. It's like, oh, wow, I could wear, I could wear the fit. Yeah. And um, it just got addictive for me. But it really did come from a place of like, I knew I was on a bad path. Maybe not right away, but maybe like, I didn't, maybe when I'm 40, 41, like I am now, could have been like 240 still smoke it just like and i also just felt like shit yeah. i felt like shit. i slept terribly uh i i just felt like i had no energy during the day and i was working 50 60 hours i felt like shit and then uh i then i started really hitting the workouts right so when i came back for like season eight of entourage they were just like what the, dude this it's supposed to be like Two weeks later, right? <laughs> you can't be like you can't be like one ninety, and then two weeks later, you're I was one forty eight. Wow, just like just lean, bro. So yeah, it was. Uh, I knew it was our last season, so I'm like, "What are you gonna fire me?" Yeah. Go ahead, I dare you. It's the last season. Right. Show's over, bro. Um, and then I really just kind of it just it was a life change more so than a diet at that point. And um, I'm grateful I did it. Now I kind of forget how I did it. I definitely have like five, six pounds I could stand to lose. I'm like, my wife wasn't around for those days because now I'm even like, when I do eat like shit, she's kind of like, what did you used to eat before we got together to get in shape? I'm like, I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't know how I did it. I forgot. That's how long ago it was. So I you, forgot what I did. You can't put out the LL Cool J book or the 50 Cent <laughs> book. Like you, you don't even remember. I don't even remember, and I still don't quite think that people look at me like, oh, that's the body I want, <laughs> you know? You know what's crazy about like, that? LL's different. I mean, so that's an extreme, right? But, like, right. to be able to make that big of a change, like, I, I think a lot of people probably check for you, like, I mean, I, yo, you must get it all the time, like, oh, shit, that's, yo, it's turtle, but it's not turtle. And, like... That used to happen a lot, like, in right around the time when the movie came out, you know, cause okay. people are like catching up and stuff like that. It was like, Oh, you look just like that guy, right. but you're like way better looking. <laughs> the other guy's kind of, you know, big guy. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. Um, now it's kind of like, because it's been a minute and it's weird. Cause now like a lot of younger, I call them kids, you know, like 20 year olds are like, I just watched entourage last night. Like, Oh, what episode? Like, no, I watched the whole thing. I'm like, Jesus yeah, Christ. Like, uh, yeah. So they're like, you you are so different. I'm like, yeah, man, I was 23 years old. I'm 41. You're going to be different too in 18 years. <laughs> That's a good thing you got you got that done before the kids came because that would have been a harder process once, uh, especially when they're young. Oh, for sure. And like, I definitely am going to be the dad that finishes the chicken fingers and the mac and cheese and the for like, oh, you're not eating? Oh, okay. Right. I, well, I can't waste that. I'm, that's going to be me. I'm going to clean all the plates. <laughs> You know what's interesting? So like, and you you you're working out consistently still, right? Like you're you're taking. Yeah, these days, not you know, I, I was like a six time a week hoops twice a week. Obviously, the hoops stopped right with COVID. Um, and now you know it's a little more like I ain't trying. Like you know, also those were single days. Like it's I'm more, not saying I'm yeah, but the, puts off the gas a little bit. The the lazy workouts. The yeah maintenance maintenance maintenance. maintenance. Right. So I find so I do a lot of home workouts now because there's no other option for me. But like. Um, 
my kids have picked up on wanting to do it on their own. Right? That's great. Yeah, and it's that's that's what I was gonna say. Like, I feel like I'm late to the game, given that I kind of started taking it more seriously now-ish, and I, I'm I, I'm about to be 41 in May. So, in the, over the last six nine months, maybe is when I really just started. Like, all right, let me get into a routine. They picked up on it, and they're like joining in. So when I see that, I'm like, okay, good. Because if they can establish this shit now, oh, it's a different game changer. Forget yeah. it. Yeah. And and you know, as a parent, and you'll you'll see this. You probably don't do a ton of it now. Okay, I know you do this. Like you, the way we approach our kids around what we think is best for them is off-putting, right? Like it's not like here's some reasons why you should do this or yada. yada. Right. No, it's like. Motherfucker, you better eat these fucking broccoli. <laughs> you better eat all that broccoli. <laughs> and so they, so I've stopped doing that because it doesn't work. Like they just like it, it pushes them further away. So I'll make like these dope smoothies or like I'm eating shit that they don't. They, it looks good, but they're like, I don't know what the fuck that is. And then they come and ask me like, Dad, what's that? And I'm like, Shut up, open your mouth, and you know, taste it. And it's opened up their palate quite a lot. So mm-hmm. now. They're thinking about food a lot earlier than I ever have. So all these little, you know, habits to positive ones that we pick up, when you start seeing that change in your kids, it's, it's dope. All right, so I got two things off that for you guys. They're, they're, one's, a, one's just an observation and one's a question. Okay, the observation is this summer, because, you know, my nephew is in the house. I have a 12-year-old nephew in the house, bored like everyone else. So I gave him some workout stuff to do at home. It really reminds you just how old, how much of an old ass man you are. Cause like when a little kid goes and works out for two weeks, I came back over two weeks later. I'm like, damn, what? He's like all like, he's got like little muscles popping out. His calves are thick. I'm like, that's what you get after two weeks. That would take me two years. Yep. You realize just how uh, our body chemicals are changing. Question though. Start shrinking. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, what is there a, a, I don't want to say a trick because that sounds wrong or like a key to just look, I don't need my son or my next son to like love sports or love gaming and the things I love. I I, like whatever he loves, I'm cool with, but just, I want to give the opportunity for him to love those things without being like the, like we we watch basketball in this house. Like I don't want to be that guy, but I want him to know, like, this is like, we could have this, we could talk about this for the rest of your life. Like I could mm, go there. Right. So is there a little advice for, you know, uh, a the father hack. of a two-year-old? Yeah. Um, well, I think I, it, it, unfortunately, I think it just varies on the kid. I mean, so for my son, for instance, mm-hmm. what we've set out to do is just try to provide him like give him the opportunity to try and try a bunch of different things like oh you you interested in playing basketball try basketball you interested in doing skateboarding let's try this you interested you know soccer try this and then he starts weeding out the things that he just doesn't like you know he's like yeah i like soccer is fun to play just for play but i don't really want to be on a team basketball i I love four times right (laughs) basketball i love basketball i want to be you know I'm, i'm gonna be on a team and then on the flip side, he's also looking at us uh, and just kind of seeing the stuff that we like to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I come from a music background and making music. And so he starts to learn that about me and then he 
gets into it as well and he's like hey let's do garage band together and you know let's make some oh, that's and, awesome. know, that that kind of stuff um so a lot of it is just the introduction at least in my cir- circumstance has been like let's just introduce him to these different things and see what he what what sticks and then depending on you know the level of excitement that he has for things or when he sees again like stuff that we're interested in he might gravitate to it as well I, I don't think either of us, my wife and I are coming from a place of like, you have to be a replica of right. all the stuff that that we like to do. Um, I mean, it'd be nice to have shared interests and stuff. Uh, like I like to go to the beach, for example. So I, my wife was reminding me of this uh, the other day, like when he was two, we started taking him to the beach and then he was freaked out on the sand and started like, didn't want to, you know, put his feet on the yeah, ground and yeah. then apparently okay. i apparently you know i looked at my wife and said hell no that shit's not gonna fly you know <laughs> he's got <laughs> he's, my son he's got to be able kid. to go to the beach <laughs> you know so <laughs> so i mean there's going to be those instances where you know you're going to try to push him to to do some things but yeah i, I think for him it's it, it's been pretty much we're in the mindset of grabbing you know let, let him expose let him gravitate and and Try not to pressure it too much. Right. Um, casually present. Yeah. Like the broccoli. Casual or the, the <laughs> smoothie. Casually be like, hey, just try that. Yeah. It's fine. I'm gonna yeah. tell, before I'm, they even know. I'm gonna tell you, so I'm a big Knicks fan. I know you're a big Knicks fan. I I've had the hardest that that's kind of where I started. Like as soon as I found out I was having a child, it was like every and everybody who knows me knows how big a Knicks fan I am. They were like, We're buying him everything Knicks. It doesn't matter. This kid has to become a Knicks fan, or his father right. will kill him. Like that's how right. how serious. I didn't say a word. That 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 was the understanding. So I think the mistake I made was I went full tilt on getting him, trying to force my son into the Knicks, like every turn, and he doesn't he doesn't like the Knicks. And we were so we were living in California at the time. I'm, I'm back right. in New York now, but. That's when he was like, "Yo, I have video of him like with a Knicks finger, and and I'm coaching him like, say, let's go Knicks, and he's like, let's go Knicks, and I'm like, yes, I got it. That's it. You're a Knicks fan, and I learned like over time, I was like, yo, that's not the move because the oversaturation, like the, it was just so overbearing that it was off putting, mm-hmm. and I and I got to a point where I was afraid that he wasn't gonna like basketball at all, which would like. It would destroy me because I love the game so yeah. much. Right? Yeah, understood. So I was like, let me back the fuck up so I don't d- kill the entire vibe and maybe he'll come back around. So now he's at a point where he enjoys the game. He likes playing the game. He's seven. And he also enjoys, he's starting to ask me a bunch of questions about the Knicks. Right. And so like. That's great. Yeah. So I, I think I have a chance <laughs> is what I'm saying. Yeah. But, but I say seven's young. So that's yeah, really good. Yeah. And so I say in your shoes, like the the more that you can, you kind of have to be a salesman about it, but you you can't be overbearing. So you in your So you got kind of a perfect situation. You can you can put your your kids in a situation where they're around really cool people. Right. Like if you get picked up to go play at a celebrity all star game or some shit. Right. You got the opportunity to put them in that environment and maybe. Take yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. I love it. And then, yo, I, I would fucking pay whoever I need to be like, yo, could, you know, can you 
fucking pick my son up and have him touch the net. I don't know, whatever, right? <laughs> like when they capture that moment, and then later on when they're old enough to understand what that means, they, they you flash that. You don't even gotta say anything. I think they'll start to gravitate toward these things without you putting it on them. And in the periphery, you're gonna have your Knicks stuff going on or whatever you know, whatever sport you're trying to help them get involved with. I think that's probably a more tactical, beneficial approach than the one I used. Because uh, you can't help but like just be like boom, 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 boom. Because that's what you're passionate about. But you know, the other the the flip to this is that the more you expose them to, and if they start to gravitate to things that maybe you weren't into, like my son, he's into skating. He's, Mm -hmm. you know, he's getting good at at being a skater and basketball. And so these are the things that I've always liked basketball, but I was never someone who followed it or got super in depth with it. I'm not a skater, but because of his passion for these things, now, now I get to, kind of enjoy and learn about these things as well so it's making me more interested in like okay let's watch some games or you know just learning more about the sports or just i always thought skate culture was cool but you know i didn't really know a lot about it didn't know any trick names but so so now i'm getting to uh to to get passionate about something that i never knew about which is cool that that's the stuff i look i mean i look forward to all of it but you know him coming home say yeah just saying like dad check out what i learned and like jumping on a board and doing stuff he's like oh my god you could do that right. <laughs> you know it's kind of like yeah i'm looking forward to all that stuff man like i i the only thing i've been doing i don't have any philosophy at all but if i could boil it down to besides just obviously safe and secure first but so you know i i grew up with a single mom my dad passed away when i was five so like i never really one parent to me is like the most normal thing in the world. I used to look at my friends who had both parents and be like, God, that's gotta be weird. <laughs> like you gotta get over on two people. I only gotta get past one. Right. <laughs> so I find myself a lot of the times when we're playing or trying to think of stuff to do, I, I really think in my mind of like, well, cause I do remember being like six, seven years old. Like, Oh man, I wish like my dad would was here to play. Cal-. I just try to do the things I think I would have liked when I was young. And he's still so young, so like it really, but I really just, I, I become a little kid again. And I try to just do those things that I think I would have enjoyed as a, as a little kid um, that I didn't really get the chance to have. And it's working so far, but I'm, I'm worried as he gets bigger, I'm going to just run out of stuff. You won't, because what's going to happen is two things. One, when you're doing too much, they'll let you know. Or when you're going down the path right. they don't want to go, <laughs> they will let you know. In your case, your kid's okay, gonna good. your kid's gonna punch you in the nuts. That's that's what's gonna happen in your case. <laughs> um, and then secondarily, they're like K, right? Like in K's case, they're gonna pull you into their world. And what you gotta be careful you you kind of keep keep in the front of your your mind here is like not saying no too much because these kids get to a point right. where it's just they're just talking, 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 and. <laughs> It's cool at first, like two, three, four years old. Like you expect it, it's cute. You, you, it's relatively new. But then when they're seven and they're still, yeah, 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 you, you, you can't help but think like, yo, shut up for a second. I'm trying, I'm trying to do this, so I'm trying to watch that. And and that because you you miss a lot of opportunities to engage and and kind of build with them. 
I, I've I've learned that the hard. So you're learning from my mistakes. <laughs> I uh, listen. I will take them all. Give me them all. The the cool thing in my case is I was able to pick up on it fast enough where I can recover, and it, they're really forgiving. Um, at least my yeah. kids are. But if you don't pay attention to that, you're gonna get to a point where you know they're 18, they're super set in their ways, and you you didn't realize what you didn't realize. Right until yeah. it comes up, and you're like, "Damn, Dad, you remember I was trying to tell you about? I don't know. I wanted to plant some seeds and grow <laughs> a plant. Like what? What? You know? And then you told me to be quiet. I'm doing right, something. <laughs> right, exactly. So, so that's the only thing I would say. But you, that's gonna, that's gonna sort itself out. Like, don't even stress about that. Worry about some other shit. Like, like lying. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, I've been, I've been, I already see the manipulation. <laughs> I've been telling K and, and EFN. Um, so I've, I've been going through it for the last like two weeks. My son, seven year old, he's he's just a fucking liar. Like there's no other way to describe it. <laughs> Yo, the kid is really intelligent and he knows how to maneuver and try to get over. Or at least he thinks he does. And right. it got to a point where. Instead of being in school, and granted, it's virtual, but instead of handling his business in school, he's playing video games. Mm-hmm. He, he's, like, lying about what he's doing so that he can go play more video. Like, it, it's everything, unfortunately, goes back to video games. Yeah, I get that. And I know you're a big gamer. So. I'm a gamer, and yeah, I, I but I get the, like, yeah, you got to handle your business first. Right, so. right. And and it's kind of been the case. So not to bore you guys, but, like, it's been. No, re- no this, is, this is great. It's been super challenging the last couple of weeks to a point where, and my wife is not the disciplinarian in my house. I am. I got, I was hurt because it, he told me that he had complete, that he didn't need to complete some assignment. Oh, sorry. He completed it. And he told you, told you to your face, right? Yeah, he told me to my face. I asked him like three times, "Are you sure? Are you sure yeah. that this is what you did?" And he was like, "Yeah, Dad. No, the teacher's not. I don't know why she's not seeing it, but I did it." And I'm like, "So I'm getting ready to like not, not get mad at the teacher, but like, like I think you might have it mistaken, Miss So and So. Like, can you check your spam folder or whatever? Right? Right. Um, because I'm really believing this kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. And then. I don't know what happens, but I guess I asked him one final time before I went and talked to the teacher and he gave me like a a weird answer and I smelled the bullshit. So I was like, (laughs) hold up, walk me through this shit again. And start from the beginning. Yeah. And then he slipped up again. I was like, bullshit, you're lying. And then, and then he goes, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, dad. I'm lying. I was Uh, like, yeah, usually I'll like get tight and he'll see it. Yo, I just dead faced and I walked away. I, I I almost cried. Like that's how hurt I was. Because I I believed him so much. And then right. I, after that, he did a couple more things, got my you know, got my wife a couple times. And now that kid's on two week punishment. Like he's like Oh, he's on a bid. Oh. He, he's doing a bid. He's on he's on like some super grounding. Like no no devices. Did you take the video games out? Everything. Yo, I took oh. the Xbox One. Let me ask you this, Manny. Okay, I get it. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Did So, I mean, I saw the text. Like, Manny had them uh, writing out like a hundred times. I will not lie to my parents. You know, the punishment, <laughs> all, all that stuff. I'm curious. Uh, 
because last year uh, when we were doing our podcast, I had the same scenario with my then seven-year-old and he started coming with some, some lies to our face and we caught him out there and we didn't go, we didn't do the disciplinarian route. I don't know if that was a good or a bad thing. Um, but have you, I guess with the discipline, have you gone into like the moral compass part of it with him? Cause that's really, that's where we struck at our son, which was, it was less about like, yeah, you're going to get in trouble for, for things. And, you know, lying is going to get you in trouble. But then, but then we really went in on the being disappointed in him. And it's like, Hey, do you want to be, do you want to be known as a liar? You know, are you, are you a liar in your heart? Does that, you know, that kind of thing. And that's the, that's the thing that started to make him break down was like, Oh my God, you know, I don't want to be a liar, you know, that. And he's still, even after some of those things, I mean, we've still caught him out there doing things. And then as soon as we catch him, it's like, yo, why are you automatically just going straight for the lie, the easy way out, as opposed to just the truth saying straight up what's going to happen here. And it's challenging, you know, and I'm sure he's going to say, tell, tell us more lies down the road. Um, But I, I, but I did find that I don't know if the, just the discipline alone would work. Um, I think you got to kind of strike it there. Yeah, no, no. A little bit. For for us, it's not. I mean, the the grounding or the punishment is really yeah. just like a a proxy for, like, you can't do what you want to do, right? Yeah, you gotta you gotta handle your responsibilities, and it goes back to that, right? And and so, yeah, I think every day now, yeah, every day now we've had, and it's not like we're not screaming at him. It's not like abuse, right? right? It's just like yeah, yeah. he needs to feel what we feel. He needs to feel like that that <laughs> I was going to say solitary confinement. That's, that's, that's not how bad it is. There's consequences yeah. no, yeah, to, yeah. to your actions. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. But, but we do, sense. we do um, profess to him like, yo, here's what it looks like when you do X or Y. And then we give him real life examples. Like here's why I don't lie to your mother. Even if I do the worst thing in the world, or here's why. And I brought, so I remember a couple a few episodes ago, um, I thought I had COVID, right? And so right. I, w- I've, I was really disappointed in myself because we've been really good here in, in our household and we've been very, um, you know, if communicative amongst us and like really laying down the rationale behind why we're doing what we're doing. Right. And so I used that as an example. I was like, yo, I messed up. I put myself in a situation I knew better to do and I shouldn't have. You think it would have been better for me to come home and lie to you guys about it or and and potentially put y'all in risk or as soon as I knew, tell you guys and then quarantine myself and take the appropriate actions to save us from, you know, unnecessary pain. Yeah. And and I saw like a light bulb go off of him like, damn, okay, I remember that. Yeah, that was kind of dickhead of you, dad. Like, all right, I see what you're saying. But it's still like today I had to deal with this shit again. Like this kid's on, he found a way to get for, onto YouTube to watch some shit that he's not like. I'm like, yo, dog. So it's not even, t- we're not even screaming at him. Now my wife right. and I are like, all right, look, we know this is a phase. Like this is, we're not like, for sure. We're not like, oh my God, our kid is a fucking lot. No, it's yeah. just, this is it's what it is. He's testing limits, you know, he's limit yeah. testing. I as mean, we, we say in gaming. We all did, <laughs> right? We all did. Like that was for sure. normal. 
But now we're like, all right, we got. But play. it sucks when it, it sucks when it's like your kid saying it to your face, and you're like, "Damn, can I trust you?" Yeah, <laughs> like, and, and we hit yeah. him with that. We try to guilt trip him a little bit, but you can't go overboard either because yeah, you don't know how don't bad this shit could affect them later. Right, you don't want them to all of a sudden walk away thinking like they're a terrible person, and all of a sudden they start you know holding on to that shit in right. in silence, you know. That, right. So it's a tricky, tricky so, scenario. So we're we're in the middle of playing chess. Long story short, so yeah. we're just gonna keep playing and like find moments where we can like teach him some things, but also give him some leniency when he does good shit, so that it right. does. It's not like an overbear. Like I don't want to do two weeks. Like this shit is killing me. I don't. Yeah. I don't want this for him. Yeah, because you want to see them having fun. Like you want to see them enjoying themselves. And so I'm just waiting. Like I just. Do. I just need him to string along three consecutive days of. Right. Of just right. give me a give me a little mini yeah. run. Just give me, just give me a little mini run, and we're we're, we're out. Okay. And we're yeah. done. So yeah, yeah. <sighs> Speaking of the Knicks, you guys got a game. You guys got a game to watch soon, don't you? We, we do. do. We uh, do. Sixers, no Embiid. So not that I'm happy about that, but maybe we could pull it off. I'm still, yeah, I'm still reeling from that game against the Nets. So let, let me, but let yes, me, let me ask you about that real quick before we part ways here. Um, so you you saw the controversy. By the way, those listening, this game took place on March. What was that? Fifteenth. 15th was yep. yesterday. Um, so Julius Randle's last play. Yeah. What did you think about the call? It is terrible. And <laughs> I would have felt that way. Even like, it's just a bad call. If, if it went, if it was reversed and they called that on Harden and the Knicks were up three. I would have said, that's a bad call. I'm happy. It went our way. I'll take the win, Right. but I'm not going to sit here and try to justify it. And I even saw on Twitter, and I posted it right away, like, at some point in the second or third quarter, like, the same exact thing, only worse, happened with Harden, where he got, like, stripped of the ball, and you're like, did what, but the ball never left his hand, and they just let him play. Yeah. I don't know, man. They got some problems with these refs right now, and I think they know it. So, yeah, uh, it's, it's it's pretty pretty apparent. Always Scott Foster, too, that one <laughs> dude. So, yeah, that's the name. I don't even know the ref's names. I just know one name because every time there's, like, an awful call, that's Scott Foster <laughs> under fire again. I'm like, well, maybe you need to look at Scott Foster a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Scott Foster's but the yeah, problem. That was bullshit. That was <laughs> what, bullshit. I hated it. What it – what – uh. like, I, we talked about it a little bit at the beginning, but I, I kind of want to get your thoughts on this. So, you've been sitting on the sideline for quite a while. Right, and and you keep saying, like you're not supposed. To, you're waiting for the bouncer to come get you yeah. and kick you out of the building. Yeah, I think it's the only reason why I want to act still and be on the <laughs> shows because they'll keep putting me in those seats. <laughs> how, enough. How is that for, for those of us that haven't been there? What's that experience like? Like, if you had to, well, I'm sure you tell people all the time, but like, tell our audience, like, what is it for you to be sitting sideline, not too far away from Spike, and like taking in the game? It is. By far, the greatest sports experience you could have. Maybe there's some other better ones. Again, it depends on your sport. But even if you're not a sports fan, it, it, it's just unbelievable from like the entrance you go into, right? And you ride up this elevator. Then there's like this whole lounge area with a with an open bar, and you have like a little some nice food and a and a drink. And then like you're seeing all the old Knicks roll in. You'll see, you know, you'll see them come in and get a quick bite to eat. And the GM will walk past you. It's just, it's just bananas. It's like you're it's literally like a dream. Like if you woke up and like I had this weird ass dream about going to the Knicks game. 
Then they come like someone takes you down to your seats and you go through the tunnel where like the players come out and you see like the Nick City dancers and then and the kid dancers and all and you just and you walk it you you enter and it's just like you, the whole world opens up when you go through that tunnel. And then you go sit on those seats and you hear every single word mm. those players say. And that's when you truly appreciate just how good these guys are when you see the size of them, the speed of them. It's just like, it's, I've taken some people who are like basketball fans, but not like me. And they're just like, well, you just like screwed me for the rest of my, I can't go to another game ever again. How are you going to beat this? And I'm like, yeah, I, I, yeah, I get it. I totally get it. And I know that this is crazy. I shouldn't be here. I'm, I get it. So anyone who thinks I'm like spoiled or, like, oh, you go, like, listen, I get it, but fuck, I'm going to enjoy that. Hell yeah. Because it means a lot to me. Like, I never take that for granted and yeah. never, ever, like, ah, like, I, I truly, like, every time I go to Nixie, I've been to 30 of them, 40 of them. I, I'm a little kid, and I'm so excited. I can't even sleep the night before. That's dope. That's All right. Awesome. Well, 2022, I'll see you out there. One, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a, I'm a make day, the sideline. Listen. Oh, then you're never gonna be able to go to another game again. I'm gonna ruin it for you. That's it. I got, I got Even three. Third row, you'd be like, oh man, we're all the way in the third row. I got well, I got to third row uh two years ago, three years ago. It was the Lakers and Knicks. Porzingis was still on the Knicks, and it was Lonzo Ball's Yo. first year. Yo. I was I went okay. with my kids. I was like, nah, yo, I can't go, I can't go a step back anymore. Like the next one up is gonna be front row. So it's like, it's like when you fly for first class, can't go back. When you coach. fly first class international it's, it's, uh, on the beds, yeah, yeah, it's different. Yeah, <laughs> although JetBlue Mint LA to New York has the beds. Oh, Don't it does. Sleep on JetBlue. Not 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 a, not a sponsor thing right here. Right. JetBlue Mint has the flat has the flat beds, but man, those days are over for me too. Man, there's three of us now, and there's only two seats in first class. We're we're buying out the row, and yeah. we're just we're just trying to play defense. yo jerry man thank you so much for for joining us uh yeah man love to have you back i know efn like i said would love to kick it with you so we'll we'll figure out some time down the road hopefully we can make it happen again yeah you let me know when the time's right i'd love to come back and uh, a big fan of what you guys are doing as a relatively still new dad like it's nice to know that there's content out there for us Cause uh, you know, it's just nice. It's just nice to have. It makes me feel. I it, it helps me and feel like I'm not alone in in this journey. So I appreciate what you guys do for real. That's dope, man. Thanks, appreciate man. you. That means a lot. Appreciate it for sure. All right, man. All right, let's go, Knicks. Can right. be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be a father to your child. 